Hello, everyone. I am uh, Claudio Morgan, the host of the Spiritual Inspire podcast, and my uh, guest today is Amy Robinson. Amy is a gifted healer and spiritual business coach with a global community of conscious entrepreneurs. Amy coaches people how to integrate powerful business strategies through healing, plus proven business strategies for an aligned, successful, and profitable business. In 2015, Amy walked away from a successful corporate career, scared to death, but after 10 years, she couldn't still uh, shake the feeling tired, uh, feeling tired and unfulfilled. She tried yoga, which turned into four classes a week, and lonely moments turned into new friends and a new relationship with her now husband. When Amy moved across the country and then cracked her tailbone, she went from working 70 plus hours a week to doing absolutely nothing. She found herself depressed once again and dealing with chronic pain, this time in a new city. Finding a spiritual teacher, Amy began using meditation and a yoga practice as her life began to turn around. In just 30 days, she was off pain medication and in two months, her pain had vanished. Meditation changed Amy's life. Today, she is a thought-after teacher of working online workshops, running a successful coaching business, and speaks on various stages across the country. Amy, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And, you know, you are uh, another case of uh, healing herself with uh, alternative methods. My last week uh, guest, um, Brenda Cote, she went through the same uh, process. She found a specific practice which uh, worked for her. And over a period of months, not necessarily 30 days, she uh, went back to a good uh, bill of um, health, which was quite uh, amazing for her. But with you, I would like to, to start from the beginning. And uh, why did you walk away from a corporate life? I wasn't fulfilled. <clears throat> I, think that, I think that just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you have to stay in that arena. And oftentimes people have this desire to do something different. And for me, I had a desire before, like when I entered that career that I knew it wasn't for me and I knew I wasn't going to do it for the rest of my life. And the people I worked with thought I was crazy, like literally thought I was crazy because it was such a great career. However, I wasn't fulfilled. I knew that there was something more to what I was meant to be doing. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to articulate it. But I just knew that if I just followed the energy of what presented itself to me, that my life would change. And oh, my God, did it. And I just kept following the energy. And one day I was just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to be done after this year. And and I literally said that on January 1st. And on December 31st, the universe said, here you go. <laughs> it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So you, you let go of the handrail and uh, fall into the uh, new life uh, challenges. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> You know what? A lot of us on the spiritual path are afraid to uh, come out because we think we are not authentic enough or uh, we are afraid to share our experiences, uh, you know, and apply certain uh, healing modalities. Uh, what do you think is the cure for this type of thinking? So I call this coming out of the clear spiritual closet. And I have a lot of clients that are very spiritual, but they're scared to even talk to their family about it or their friends about it. 
or they're just like kind of starting to dip their toe in spirituality and they're not even sure what even to say. And so often I will just share that it's important to be in community with like-minded people. So even if you have friends and family members that don't believe in the things that you believe in, that doesn't mean there's other people out there that, that don't, they do believe in that. And I find that if you're in community, for me, it was really starting to do like local workshops and then online workshops. And those are how I started meeting some of my other spiritual friends that we can have these very strange spiritual conversations, not feel like we have to censor our words, not feel like we're going to be judged because it's such a unique experience. And the more that you actually talk about it, the more that you're in community with people that are like-minded, the more that you'll feel your own confidence grow in your own spiritual path, because we're meant to lead a spiritual life. And what that spiritual path looks like is unique to each and every individual. And so when you have a friend in community to lean on, you are more likely to stay on your path of illumination and ascension as well. And it's really neat to see when people start to find their friends, because I, I host like a live retreat once a year. And oftentimes I'll have my clients come to me and it's like, it's just so refreshing to be with people in person that get me, that understand me. And I don't feel like I have to hide which is huge. Yes, uh, well said. And we also have to remind ourselves that the earth is going through a spiritual transformation and we are part of the earth and we have to transform ourselves and, and try to, to better ourselves, increase our uh, consciousness, our awareness. And um, as I mentioned in the intro, through daily activities, we can add up um, more to... To, to get this type of uh, new level of consciousness. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I find that like the daily activities are the ones that also support you in understanding who you are as well. And that's where it leads you to the next thing that you're meant to be doing. Yeah. You work with uh, Akashic Records, which are known as an energy field of infinite possibilities. Uh, does this or does each universe has uh, have his own akashic record or one akashic record encompasses all so everything has an akashic records and so it, it from you to an animal to a plant to a crystal to a book to a home has an akashic records and then we're not just humans like there's other things outside of earth that has akashic records too every thing that exists within consciousness is recorded in the akash and we can go into the akashic field and into our own records and speak to the guardians of the records to receive love and guidance and support around anything in our life. But we do want to stay within spiritual laws just because everything has a record doesn't mean we have permission to open that record. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to note. And how can we use uh, the Akashic records in a daily life? And how can we train ourselves to, to open them and read them? So for, for me, there's many different modalities on how to use the Akashic records. How I teach my Sacred Awakening students in our program is I teach them to use it 
for the past, the present, and the future. Because we're multidimensional and time is linear for humans, but that doesn't mean it's actually linear for our soul. Things are happening simultaneously. And so oftentimes, a lot of people think that the records can only be used for past life regressions. And yes, I love doing past life regressions in the Akashic Records, but the Akashic Records can be used to understand how to communicate with your partner or how to communicate with your friend on a challenging topic, or you can use the records for understanding your relationship with money, or you can use the records to deepen your spiritual path. You can use the records for any and all areas of your life from health, um, money, finance, business, career, leisure, fun, spirituality, uh, romance, uh, friends, family, like you name for it. And there's a lot of different ways that you can go about learning how to use the Akashic Records. The way that I teach it as a master teacher is I teach my students how to open up the Akashic Records using crystalline energy. I think crystalline energy is so intelligent. It's so beautiful. It's so powerful. And it also gives the student, the practitioner, um, a energetic clearing healing boost while they're going into the records. And so they're being supported while they're going into the records as well. And then you can use the records just to be loved on as well. So let's say you don't have a lot of questions and you're not even sure what to even ask, but you can go in there and you can just say, love on me. I like, I really just need some love right now. And the guardians are going to support you. They're going to love on you. They're going to, um, assist you in your ascension and your soul's evolution, which is really neat to see. Yeah. And when you work with a client, uh, because you mentioned the, the guardians, do you need the client's uh, higher self approval to open the Akashic records? And then you need another um, approval from the guardians? How does that work? Yeah. So <clears throat> we want to stay in spiritual laws. And I love that you asked this question because I can't go into, let's say, my husband's records without his permission. We records, and it's an honor to go into someone else's records. And we don't want to break spiritual laws. And so we can go into the records. So let's say I'm having a challenging time with my husband. I don't have permission to go into his records, but I can go and ask questions on how it relates back to me on how I can support our relationship. So let's say we had a challenging conversation. I can ask, how could I have had a different communication with my husband so that I could have felt seen and heard while having that conversation? And then they'll share something like that. Or you can ask around what your responsibility is to XYZ project or XYZ per person. And so that way you're not breaking any spiritual laws. And so if you are working with someone inside of the records, um, you have to have their permission. And then there's a specific way that I teach my students on how to open someone else's records with their with their permission. And then the session's very interactive. And that's what I think is really important is because for me personally, if someone just shared a bunch of information with me without me asking questions or getting to participate, the information's not going to really land. And so when I teach this, my students and I will have conversations with the person that's receiving the consult and they get to ask questions. The guardians might ask them a question back. 
And so it's a very interactive session mm-hmm. so that they feel a part of the session. I don't know if you've ever had like a reading before where the person just tells you all this stuff, but then you're like, what do I do with that? I don't know what to do with it. And so this way it's interactive and they leave with something that they know how to use the information that they received. Interesting. And, you know, our lives is a series of uh, probabilities based on our daily action. And you mentioned that we can read the um, Akashic records for future events. Will that impact in any way um, our life and the life around us and the this and infinite possibilities when we read such future events? I love this question. And the reason why it is, is because the the master's teachers and loved ones, also known as the guardians, they are going to give information based on that moment in time when you ask that question. Mm -hmm. And as a soul, you have complete free will. And so if you choose to not take any action, that possibility might never come true. If you choose to drag your feet, part of that possibility might come true. It might not. And there's also variables as well. And so let's say you ask a question and they suggest that you go do X, Y, Z. But they also told you it'd be best if you do this right away, but you didn't do it. And then you did it the next day and you're like, well, nothing happened. Well, there could have been someone that was in that scenario that was going to be available when they suggested that you did it and now they're not there. And mm-hmm. so that's the reason why it didn't come to fruition. So like for me, um, when I was in my career, I did yoga teacher training and um, I did it privately because I had, a, a, I worked a ton of hours and I really wanted to do yoga teacher training to assist me with speaking in front of groups. I also love yoga in general for philosophy. And I thought it would be a great way to transition out of my career and into a coaching career. So I had additional money coming in. And so I really wanted to teach at a studio. But if you don't get certified at a studio, you're not likely to get a teaching gig at that particular studio. And so I asked in the records, like, how can I get or where and how can I get a teaching gig at a yoga studio? And the guardians were like, go to this studio, ask to speak to the owner, let him know that you're interested in the kids yoga class and that um, you'd love to observe the kids yoga class. And so I did it. Like I went and did it within a very quick time period. And um, I obs- he's like, absolutely, you can come and observe the class. So I went and observed the class. And then a couple of weeks later, he actually called me and said, hey, would you be interested in co-teaching the kids yoga class? Um, and I was like, yeah, I would. And it was a foot in the door so I could start teaching adult classes as well. But I would have never thought to even ask about observing the kids yoga class. And I got, I got the job. I got the opportunity to have and teach yoga at this particular studio. But if I wouldn't have done any of those actions, it wouldn't have ever happened. And I know that for certain. And there was another studio that they mentioned and I never went to it. So, you know, it never happened, but this one did. Very good example, practical example indeed. And during Can you mention during any of your interaction with the clients reading their Akashic records, 
have any of them been activated spiritually in any way or given a, a message that, yes, you're going to become a teacher on your own? Uh, have you had any type of uh, instance like this? Yeah, I, I love when this happens because I'll have clients that will tell me, Amy, do you remember you told me this? <laughs> and oftentimes I, I will or I won't because as a channeler, I'm not holding on to everyone's information because it's not my information to hold on to. And I have seen some really amazing things happen from people getting um, job promotions or moving into a different career or having um, the ability to overcome a fear that they thought that they could never overcome. And so it's really beautiful to see and witness the transformation that they are experiencing just by working in the records. And so I've had that countless times of where someone has come up to me and be like, do you remember when you said this? And I'm like, yes, or maybe. Please jog my memory. <laughs> and is there um, like a template in terms of, um, or a schedule, um, regular schedule of reading the, the Akashic records? Can it be done once in a lifetime? Can it be done once a year? What's your, what's your take? So I tell my students to play in the records five minutes a day. Wow. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, I think that oftentimes people think that spiritual practices have to be these very formal one, two, three, four hour things, and they don't have to be. The guardians are going to meet you where you're at. They're going to love on you. They're going to use language and slang and lingo that you understand. And they know you're human and that you're busy. And so if you only have five minutes, set the timer, sit down, have a conversation with them and close your records when you're done. And so for me, the more consistent you work in the records, the more divinely connected you're not only going to be with the records themselves, but your beacon of light and your beacon of light is your heart space and your heart space acts as a beacon that allows you to understand what's in alignment, what's out of alignment for you. And the more that you're connecting into the space, connecting into the records, you'll know if an opportunity comes up or a person comes into your life that you're meant to be in connection with or be a part of, you're going to go, yeah, I'm doing that. And you'll also get the feeling of, no, it's not, it's not, it's not your thing. It's not an alignment. And you can then trust that without in, without the fear of missing out or losing out on the connection, because it's just not the right timing or it's not the right person. I'm sorry. It's not the right alignment and that's okay too. And so you don't have to be in the records just once a year. I recommend doing it as a daily practice if you have the time or at least a few times a week. Well, yeah, I'm glad that he's not uh, being seen as abusing the, the records. No. Yeah, the Akashi records, yeah. <laughs> they, they want you to come in. They want you to ask questions. They want to love on you. They want to support you. Because what happens is you're going in and out of different levels of consciousness. And we do this throughout the day. We can just look at our social media feed. And one post can make our consciousness raise and another post can like put us in a state of fear and our consciousness can fall. And so by going in the records, they want to support you and evolving and raising your consciousness and being in a state 
and a field of infinite possibilities where you are not judged. You get to be yourself and you get to learn something new about yourself because the records are here to support and self-discovery. Yes, I know what. Uh, when I started this uh, podcast like three years ago, I was joking with my guests that when we were discussing about you no know, plant medicine, ayahuasca and other uh, plant medicine ceremonies, that the uh, politicians before entering politics should go through at least one plant medicine ceremony to kind of purge themselves from whatever is bad inside them. And I think reading their own Akashic records should be added to that list of items, prerequisites before they enter politics. I love that. I think, I think that that would create all sorts of magical breakthroughs for, for people that are in service. And in, in in politics, what I love that I haven't heard anybody say that before. I think it's great. <laughs> Amy, you mentioned uh, crystals and your relationship with uh, crystals. When uh, did all st start for you, and how did you connect it? Uh, did connect with the Akashic records? Yeah. So for me, crystals. I love crystals. Mm. My grandma loves crystals. My mom collected crystals when she was a kid. So I've been around crystals all my life. Now. I didn't realize how much I loved crystals until I started down my spiritual path in my early 20s. And it was funny because one of my um, one of my teachers, she came to my house because she had her this like gigantic altar that was just full of crystals. And I'm like, oh, I want that. Like, I want that. And she came over to my house. She goes, do you realize how many crystals you have? And I, like, I just didn't even like register how many crystals that I had because I've had them my whole life, but I wasn't using them in the way that I know that they can be used. And that's what I was desiring to have. And now my mom, when I, when she, when my mom and my stepdad got a divorce, she gave me this really beautiful rose quartz tower and I still have it. And I remember the, the message she gave me was so important because I think that that's when I realized that crystals can be more than just pretty objects on the shelf. And that I also realized that that particular crystal was meant to be with me for the rest of my life. And it, she, she said, remember, if you ever feel like you are not loved, this crystal is here to support you in that. And I'm paraphrasing what she said, but the, the message essentially was like, you're loved and this is a symbol of love and you were always protected and you were always loved. And it wasn't until my early 20s where I realized like, oh, um, I can start working with these crystals. And then the crystals started really speaking with me. And when they start speaking to you, like they they have their own consciousness, their light beings inside of mm -hmm. inside of each crystal. They have their own personality. Mm -hmm. They have their own gifts and abilities. They have the ability to support you in attracting what you want and to repel the things that don't support you. And what I have found is because we're moving from carbon-based beings to crystalline beings, the more that we work with the crystalline energy, the more it supports in our ascension process. And so we can call the crystalline energy in to unlock the records. And I do a special uh, attunement in my Kashuk record program called Sacred Awakening that we attune our students. And I say we because I'm the guardians, the masters, teachers, and loved ones. Everything I do is inside of the Akash. So we're tuning them 
to not only the records, but to these beautiful crystalline energies that are to support them in unlocking their records. And we hand pick three specific crystals for each student and we mail it to them all across the world. And it's because you don't have to have the tangible thing, but when you're working with something so abstract with spiritual practices, having something tangible to hold on to helps bring it alive, which I really love. Yeah, interesting. And do you think that, um, or do you see crystalline energy uh, as a divine uh, template? Yeah, I do. I, I feel that, so there's certain, so like any spiritual modality, I think that there are modalities that people are going to be really drawn to or not drawn to. So either you're going to be drawn to crystalline energy or you're not, and that's okay. It's whatever you're drawn to is what's going to support you in your path of evolution. But there's uh, crystalline templates that we can use to support our ascension. There's crystal grids that we can help grid the world and grid ourselves to those act as portals that support us as well. So absolutely. Interesting. And I think also this energy coming from crystals can be a source of... Um manifestation and uh, creativity for those who know how to to use it i assume yeah absolutely and it, <laughs> it's because each crystal has its own special unique thing and so you might work with let's say a clear quartz crystal clear quartz crystals can be programmed to do anything but they also are amplifiers and so they're going to support you in amplifying whatever it is that you're wanting to manifest but you can also work with, say, like black tourmaline and black tourmaline is going to act as a protector or grounder. It also helps with EMFs. And so black tourmaline is a great crystalline energy that can support with whatever it is that you're working on in terms of protection and grounding. And then we have crystals that like a lot of people are drawn to amethyst first mm -hmm. and in. I love amethyst for two reasons. One is it acts as a psychic vacuum. So it's going to vacuum out the junk in your field. It's going to protect you, but it also connects you with spirit and it helps you connect with the spiritual realm and start opening up your intuitive gifts as well. But no two pieces of amethyst are the same. And so you might be really attracted to one versus the other, and they're going to support you in whatever journey that you're wanting to, to go on with that particular crystal, which is neat to see. Yeah, and there are, uh, I mean, we all saw the cave amethyst crystals. Um, mm -hmm. And they are, some of them are big. How can yeah. we clear and recharge this type of um, sizable crystal? So, a couple things. One is um, you can clear crystals with sound, um, you can clear it with energy so if like let's say you're a reiki practitioner you can clear it with reiki you can clear it with smoke or sage mm -hmm. um if it's very 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 big sound energy and um some sort of smoke is going to be the best to to use if it's smaller you can rinse it depending on the type of crystal you can bury it in the ground uh, to clear it out, you can roll it in salt. There's many different ways to clear the energy. And just because a crystal is big doesn't mean that it's better. 
because you can have the tiniest crystal and it can be the most powerful thing for you at that moment in time, or you can have a big gigantic crystal and it might not be in alignment with you. And so size doesn't matter in terms of the crystal itself. It's what's what you're attracted to. Um, and it doesn't matter if you know why you're attracted to it. It's just, if you are attracted to working with it and it could be on a very unconscious level, so let's say you're walking around a crystal store and you realize you still have the same crystal in your hand the entire time you're walking around, that crystal wants to work with you. And so it's just a matter of like the attraction to it and their attraction to you as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. I would like to switch to um, your courses. And, you know, we kept talking about um, crystals and uh, one interesting title is crystallization of self. What exactly does it mean? That's a, an activation that I was guided to do where we pull in a certain amount of crystalline energies and we activate the Shishumna, which is also called the central love column. This is where your seven major chakras are along the spine and in the crown of the head. And we bring in these particular crystalline energies to open up your central love column and activate the crystalline energy within as well. And so you super deep, deep, deep connection and activation. Um, so thank you very much for uh, explaining that. Uh, and another course is meet your animal spirit guy, guide. Mm -hmm. Why is it important to have an animal uh, spirit guide on our side? Oh, I love animal spirit guides. So animal spirit guides are with us throughout our life. And we can call on animal spirit guides to support us in different chapters of our life. So let's say you're wanting to have more courage. You can call on a lion. Maybe you're noticing you're having a raven show up. And the raven has a message for you. Maybe it's something around being careful with certain relationships that you are in. There's animals that will show up and be on our path throughout our whole life. And then there's animals that will show up that will be on our path for a certain period of time. And they each have an ability to support us in different areas of our life. They have special, unique gifts and abilities, just like we do. And we can call on them based on those gifts and abilities. And I personally think that it's really important to develop the relationship with each animal spirit guide that is showing up and not worry about what Google says or what a textbook says, because that unique experience is for you. And so if you're noticing, uh, let's say an animal or even an insect, maybe you keep seeing ladybugs everywhere. That ladybug has a particular message for you. I was meditating today and a toad showed up in my meditation. And so later today when I meditated, I'm going to sit with the toad and see what message he has for me and what he's wanting to support me with and, or what he's wanting to warn me about. Because sometimes these animal spirit guides are there to warn you about something. And that way you 
don't have to make mistakes or it's cautioning you on something and it's perfect. It's really, really beautiful. And then we have at least one animal spirit guide that is our main guide that is with us throughout our entire lifetime as a human. And that particular guide we can call on at any time and they're going to show up and they're going to support us. And then it also gives us an idea of what we're working um, with in terms of gifts, strengths, and weaknesses in this human experience as well. And do you have a, let's say, shorter version of the process on, on how we can cultivate this type of uh, relationship? Yeah, so um, mainly is pay attention. Like, that's the first thing. Pay attention to what's going on. And so if you're noticing that there's a particular bird that keeps showing up for you. They have a message. If you are really drawn to a particular animal and you've been drawn to that particular animal throughout your lifetime, that's beautiful. That, that particular thing, that particular animal or insect has something for you. Um, the best thing to do is to meditate and meditate with this particular animal or call this animal forward in meditation. And that way they, you can start to develop their relationship with it. And then you can also go to Google, even though I said, you know, see what it means for you. But if it helps you to get started to understand some of the messages, remember all those messages on Google are interpretations of what that person experienced with that particular animal. And so similar with crystals, Crystals have the same thing. Like that's an interpretation of what that crystal might have done for that person, but a crystal might be able to do, or that animal might be able to do something more with you. And so it's meditation and paying attention is really important. I have like a free um, tiger animal spirit guides uh, where I connect you to meeting an animal tiger animal spirit guide on my podcast that I just did recently because the tiger medicine and I call it medicine. Anytime you're working with an animal spirits, they have a medicine that's for you. That's to support you. And so uh, this particular tiger medicine animal spirit guide was really cool because the tigers were coming up a lot recently and it's been wanting to come forward and help people. Interesting. And let's say I walk down the street and I call upon my animal spirit and I see it, let's say, just beside me. Uh, will the dogs on the street feel that animal spirit? Will they react to it? Possibly. Possibly. So it just it really just depends on the situation, the person and what's going on. So it is a possibility um, I like when I went to Ireland a few years ago, I'm very connected with crows. I love crows. And I decided to go drown, drive down by this water area. And this particular crow, not only did it come up to my car, it followed my car around until I opened my window. And then it just sat there and stared at me and I stared back at it and I was just talking to it. And so there are animals that will engage with us that have, that's like spirits, like pay attention. This is loud and clear. They have a message for you. And so sometimes it might just be that we're noticing them 
or they might make their appearance really, really loud in um, the tangible human life versus internally, if we're dreaming or meditating, or we're seeing them in like on the internet or on TV or something like that, because they can speak to us in any form and they don't have to be in the tangible form to speak to us. Interesting. Yes. I think that if I will be given the option of having superpower, I will choose between speaking any language on, on earth or talking to animals. I think that would be fantastic. I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, uh, and we, we talk to them. We can talk to them telepathically, but I, I love it. You're like, I just want to hear everything that they say. <laughs> exactly. The, the rumors. Um, and another course <laughs> that awesome. attracted my attention is uh, the DNA Awakening Accelerator. I would love to, to hear more about it. Yeah, so um, we are ascending. We're awakening at a rapid pace right now, and the veil is getting thinner and thinner. We have trillions and trillions and trillions of cells in our body, and the majority of those cells have DNA strands. And our job, and I don't want to use the word job, but like our part of our ascension process is activating our DNA. And our DNA has gifts and dormant memories that we can use for our ascension we can let go of as well because there might be memories that are holding you back or keeping you in a certain level of consciousness and when we release them and let them go we get to ascend to a new level our consciousness gets to rise and so we can activate our DNA just through our spiritual practices. And in this particular case, in this particular program, we're sitting down and we're saying, we're going to activate 24 strands of DNA. And you can activate your DNA all throughout the year and all throughout your lifetime. But I love this particular course that I teach just because it's an experience where we're going in and I say we again, because I do everything inside of the Akashic records, we're going in and we're activating these DNA strands that are ready to be activated. And we remove any particular programming on the DNA that's keeping someone in a particular conditioning. And that conditioning could be, um, that they're not able to love themselves, they're reincarnating, they have religious guilt, or um, re religious, they feel like there's going to be the wrath of God. Um, there's all sorts of different things that we can find on the DNA strands from cell death programming, to um, the inability to have lucid dreams or to connect with our higher selves. And so we can go in and we can activate the DNA. And I love this because I, I do it for myself, not only when I run the program twice a year, but I also do it for myself intentionally because we can activate the DNA naturally, but then when we do it intentionally, we're sweeping and restructuring it as well. And the restructure allows the DNA activations to hold over time, where sometimes when we activate the DNA, it can fade over time just with experiences that we may be experiences, experiencing. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're having a really rough time, a rough chapter in your life, and you maybe are just 
just struck with grief and it's hard for you to get out of that grief. And so our consciousness can fall. And so when we're able to use our practices and we're able to go in and activate the DNA, it allows anything that was in there before to reactivate. And then we're activating the 24 strands and then we're removing any conditionings that were placed upon those DNA strands as well, or on the energetic bodies too, because we do a lot of energetic body work as well, which is really neat to see. Interesting. So do you think that the moment we activate these additional strands of uh, DNA, also our brain, not necessarily capacity, but uh, processing uh, power, you know, from 10%, which is being, uh, we are being told that we are using, um, will that processing power increase as well? Possibly. And the reason why I say possibly it's, it's because it might not necessarily be a brain processing power. It's more of a intuitive knowing that happens. Mm -hmm. And so you can start downloading information or accessing information that your soul once had access to in previous lifetime and previous experiences where then it reignites it within. And so it could happen within the brain, but it's also happening within the cells where the cells then send signals to all parts of your being where it's like this knowing that occurs. And it's really neat to witness. I also find it like a really cool manifestation tool because it helps release fears that might be holding you back from taking a leap of faith. I recently had a, a client that shared with me, she's like, you know, I really wasn't happy in my job. And after I did the DNA activation, I felt that I was capable of being open to leave my job. But what ended up happening is she ended up getting a job promotion for more money, less hours, and she didn't even like consider that possibility. And it wasn't until she gave herself permission to be okay with leaving that that possibility came in. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat to witness and see. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And also by increasing this type of knowing and intuition, um, we become even more super, super humans than what we mm -hmm. are right now. And I think we still, we, we don't need this uh, transhumanism approach, which is being enforced onto us right now through all kinds of um, uh, adjustments to, to the body, you know, and I think this should be our focus on how we can better ourselves rather than through technology, through biology, which we already have inside us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there's a shift in frequency that we can have. And that shift in frequency allows us to have a different relationship with ourselves, And that that relationship shift shifts our perspective of the world. And that perspective of the world allows us to see what possibilities are in front of us. And you know, it's all it's all about conditioning because we're, we're conditioned to have a particular human experience. And the more that we go down our spiritual path, we start to peel back those layers of conditioning, which make the lens of love murky where we're seeing out a dirty window. And the more that we clean our frequency, the more that we energetically purge things that have been conditioned within us 
the more we get to clear that window off and we get to see what's the truth of what it is that we're here to do and what it is that we're here to um, co-create with the universe. And it's really neat to see. And th the most important thing is following what you're being guided to do. Just because someone else is doing something that seems really cool doesn't mean that you're meant to be doing that. You're meant to be doing what you're meant to be doing, just like everybody else is meant to be doing what they're meant to be doing as well. Yes, and we have to stand our ground if we are, um, if we think that our truth is our truth and we believe in it, we have to stand our ground no matter what. And we have, uh, mm -hmm. to, have, to, have to have principles and stand by these principles and then keep going and just look yeah. straight forward, not uh, looking back for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we're not here, like for me, um, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. Like, that that's that I'm very clear on because if I lead if I lead my life in the way that I'm being guided to lead lead it, people are naturally going to be drawn to seeing the changes that are occurring within me, and then they're going to have the courage to make the changes within themselves. And if it looks similar, great. And if it doesn't, that's awesome too. It's just living your best life in alignment with your purposes or is what's really important yes indeed amy one story i read on your website really impressed me and uh is the one about uh, your pregnancy when uh, you receive a warning warning that um, something wrong might happen uh, at birth <clears throat> and um you're told to, to talk to your uh, doctor to take certain uh, measures to prevent uh, something uh, wrong happening to, to the baby. And initially, the doctor <clears throat> didn't believe you, but, you know, everything pan out um, in a positive way. When do you think the doctors will start believing in this type of messages and approaches and they will change their attitude? I think that... <clears throat> I think it just depends on the doctor. And, you know, for me, I actually really, it, it, my doctor was actually very nice. And the reason why she wasn't able to allow me to go to the other hospital, because we lived in a very small um, beach town. And you have to, they call it going over the hill, which is windy mountain roads, um, to another town that has um, better equipment and it's with a particular insurance company. And so she was trying to do the best that she could do with the equipment that she had. And she pushed me off for as long as she could until I said no more. And I knew I was never going to go to the end of my pregnancy without an additional ultrasound because I knew in my heart that if I didn't advocate for myself and my baby. I was going to die. And I felt that in every cell of my body and being. And I kept feeling this urge that if I went into labor, I would bleed out. I didn't want my water to break because I felt something bad was going to happen. And I had to have emergency surgery at 20 weeks. And it just like messed up my whole pregnancy. And I kept seeing all of these previous lives where I would hemorrhage out, I would die or the baby would die. And so this particular experience allowed me to work through a lot of karma and a lot of trauma that I had, but it was also about using my voice and advocating. And 
my, my particular doctor, she was like, okay, we're going to do it. I have to write it up a certain way. So insurance will cover it. And the problem with our healthcare system in the United States is the insurance companies. Mm -hmm. It is beyond ridiculous on the song and dance that doctors have to do in order for a patient to get proper care. And I find that our, our healthcare system is getting worse and worse and worse. Like it's just, I can go on a tangent about it, but it, it has to do with the, the healthcare system. And I think that as soon as um, our government shifts, what rules there are around the insurance companies, I think that that will also shift our way of getting better care. But in terms of like doctors, there are some really amazing doctors out there that are doing their work and you can find them making loud noise on YouTube and the internet and on podcasts and things like that, where you can educate yourself because we live in such an amazing time of information where you can really inform yourself on getting the proper health care that you need and require. Um, and for me, like I'll lean into the records if I'm feeling something that doesn't feel right, I'll lean into the records and find out like, what is that? Like, what am I, why am I not feeling that? Or what path can I take in the records? And my team and my my own uh, support system of friends and healers were absolutely vital in this particular case because I don't think I would be here talking to you today if I wouldn't have been so adamant about what it was. And when I did go to the when I finally did get the ultrasound, the ultrasound doctor was like, "I am so happy you are here because what she wrote it up for wasn't what." It is, and you absolutely will bleed out if you go into labor. And if your water breaks, your baby will bleed out. And so that feeling was absolutely there. And if your doctor's not believing you, you need to be loud or you need to go to another doctor to get them to do the proper care that you need. Yeah, so true. And you're either um, heroes there, uh, out, out there, like doctors, uh, which stood their ground uh, for the last three years, and they were ostracized, and uh, their licenses, most cases, removed. Uh, so these are the doctors we can count on, not the, the other ones. And again, I don't want to, to talk more about it. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that uh, in the end, you, uh, you're uh, hurt, and everything uh, pan out uh, the way you want it. Yeah, we're both healthy and thriving, so it was awesome. Nice. <laughs> it had a good good ending. <laughs> yes. Uh, Amy, in the intro, I mentioned that you have a thriving uh, business uh, as a coach, and it's all related to, to spirituality. So uh, what would you recommend to anyone who wants to start making a living by doing what you are doing? And how do you think one can stand out uh, of the multitude, the multitude of coaches and uh, yoga teachers out there? Yeah. So I think, well, one, it's, it's really important to identify if you have that desire. Um, so for me, like I knew I wanted to have my own business, but at the moment I did not know that I wanted to be a spiritual coach or teach spiritual modalities. I just knew that I wanted to do something. And so I just followed the energy that presented itself to me. So it was first just going to yoga 
then it was learning how to meditate. Then it was becoming a meditation teacher. Then it was like all these other courses that just piled onto one another. And I just followed the energy that presented itself to me. And so if you're out there and you're wanting to start a spiritual business, one, make sure that you get trained in something. And I think that that's really important because an untrained healer can be a dangerous healer. And there is an author that says that I can't remember his name. He's a shaman off the top of my head. And I, and I love that quote because if we're just doing something without any knowledge or background, it can be very dangerous to the other person or to yourself because you can be using your energy in an improper way that's creating imbalances within you. And so having some sort of training behind you is going to not only give you more confidence, but it's also going to make sure that you're doing things properly as well. And what that looks like depends on what it is that you're interested in. So it's following the energy and then getting certified or trained in something and then taking the leap of faith and jumping in. And that jumping in is practicing and then starting to get paid clients. Um, You do not need to leave your job in order to start your career as a spiritual healer or mentor or coach. You can build it gradually. Some people might need to leave their career, but it's it just depends on the person and their unique experience. And so for, for me, I did a lot of training for years and years and years before I left my career. And I it was something that I thoroughly looked forward to because I wasn't ready to leave my career until I knew I had the proper training behind me. And I think that that's, re- that, that's a really important step. Yes, sound 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 advice. Thank you very much. And Amy, we are approaching the end of the the interview. Any final thoughts? Be yourself. No one else can be you. You have your very unique experiences. Those experiences are experiences that could have been good, bad, or indifferent. Use the bad experience to grow. Use the good experiences to expand your love and light. And most importantly, just be you. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And I think that's really, really important. Yes. Thank you very much for your uh, wise words and for uh, all the information you you share with us um, today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I so appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, for my viewers, thank you for uh, watching. Um, Like it, share it, uh, get a free copy of my uh, book when you visit my website. And until next time, love and gratitude.